Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Retirement Readiness Podcast. As always, we have Tim Reagan, the founder and wealth partner at Prairie View. Hey, Katie. And I'm Katie Umland. So this week, we're going to try something a little different. As we logged in to record, our producer was like, hey, I'm going to throw a topic at you, and that's what you're going to talk about now. <laughs> um, so we're kind of rolling with it. Um, yeah. Well, let's see. Jazz Hopefully, see if it works. It's, yeah. it's almost kind of like a a twist between uh, podcast and stump the chump, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Exactly. Um, so today we're going to be talking about how to build a diversified investment portfolio, um, and how how you can pick things that you're interested in, but also kind of be protected and what your total investment strategy looks like. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny, you know, when you start talking about that stuff. Uh, I always go back to like how risk risky is somebody, you know, or how risk adverse are they? And the, what happens a lot of times is we'll have people that come in that in most everything, they're extremely conservative. Uh, you'll talk to them about putting money to their 401k and they're like, I want to put into the fixed account. I don't want to take a lot of risk. And then out of nowhere, they'll be like, I want to put all my cash in crypto. Into crypto. Yeah. And they're like, uh, <laughs> how do these two things kind of like balance each other? And it's funny because when people get interested in something, they usually tend to say, oh, I'm going to bring the risk of that way down. Like in their minds, they think that's not risky. Um, and so a lot of times you find where people that are kind of out of that groove or, or they're out of the groove of what their normal tendencies would be. Uh and so when we start building that portfolio, the first thing we would do is suggest that you know what your risk score is. Uh, something that's fairly new in our industry. And if you want, you can head out to the website, uh, the Prairie View website, that is. And we've got a link there where you can, for free, we'll let you you know, run your risk score. It's a quick survey takes, I think. I so this is like a personality test. It, it but kind for, of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's, does it link to Cosmo.com? It, it or does not, <laughs> uh, nor does it link to like, uh, what is that? Singlefarmers.com yeah. or like, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, but no, so what, what your risk score is, is it's a way for us to gauge what an appropriate portfolio would look like for somebody. And so, uh, when you do that, there's, like I said, it's quick and easy. I think there's six questions or something. So it's not a hard, uh, process. It takes just a couple of minutes, but what will happen is it will give you a speed limit. Uh, the speed limit goes from one to 100 and it'll tell you you're a 50 mile an hour speed zone person. Uh, well then we have the ability to look at investments and look at a portfolio and we can say, well, how fast is that portfolio or how much risk are you taking in that portfolio? So um, 100 would be that you are all in on risk? All in on risk. Okay. Yeah. Like like a one is you're not Putting sure. your if, money under the mattress? It might not be safe enough. Okay. Right. <laughs> under the mattress. You, you like hold on to it in your fists or something. Right. Um, and then a 100 is I'm as risk on as I can as I can be. Okay. And so it's, it's, is it a mix of both your personal preference and things like your age? So really age type? has less to do with it. It's really more personal preference okay. uh, because there are people and, and what, what had happened in the past, some of those risk profile tools ended up being driven primarily on time. Uh, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that my experience is what I want it to be just because I have 35 years before I retire doesn't mean that I want my portfolio in fear because you're not exactly a, a person that that's not rest. who I am. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, and so really we've started to, to shift some of those things and say, 
the time aspect of this, yeah, there's a component to that, but another component is just who am I intrinsically? Um, and especially like I think about, you know, when you go to, I think about my family, uh, if we ever went to Six Flags, uh, Tim, Lily, even Grace, they're all about, let me get the roller coaster, the giant drop. Like, you know, what can I, where can I push that envelope? Madeline, she's like, I think the swings are too yeah. much, right? She's like, that's not my, yeah. my jam. And when you think about that with your investments, it's the same thing. Why, why do you want just because you're at Six Flags, just because you have a lot of time, mm-hmm. why do you say, I want to take all the risk of a roller coaster? If I don't enjoy that, then, then let's find a way to manage a portfolio to get the return necessary uh, for you to hit your goals, but also to try to to match that up. And so it's not only when we're talking about diversifying your portfolio, it's not just picking different stocks. It's also mutual funds. It's some uh, life insurance. Well, it's, is- yeah, for sure. So when I think about your portfolio or a portfolio, uh, we really think about making sure that the risk that we're taking is smart risk. And so when you talk about different stocks, yes, uh, but you you mentioned also things that are like what we'd consider fixed income. So fixed income, when you think about that, that's a word you might hear uh, you know, investment people talk about. Really just think about, I have a rate of return that's going to come to me like a dividend or an interest rate that I know if I hold on to this, I should, for the most part, know that I'm going to get that income. So if you think about like a bond, a bond is something where you say, I'm going to loan a company some money or the federal government some money, and they're going to give me an interest rate on that. Maybe it's 5%. So I know my interest or my income is now fixed. I'm getting 5% interest on that investment. So when we say fixed income, don't it shouldn't be like anything fancy. It's just I'm giving somebody some money that I'm loaning them. Uh, they're going to give me an interest rate on it. And so it should have fixed income. It should have stocks, which are considered equities. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of all of those things in one. Um, when I think about like diversifying my portfolio, I guess you kind of do that in a lot of different aspects of your life, right? Like not just your finances. Like you, you don't want to curl your hair every single day because I I don't, because then it's not going to curl right. You have to diversify some days where it's straight so that when you do curl it, it has a better curl. I see. See, I, I, that maybe that's where I went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's where I went wrong. The whole world is open up to me. There's a lot of different. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but, but yeah, there, you're right. In your life, you know, it's kind of that whole uh, old mantra, everything in moderation, right? So even when you think about when you go to sit down and eat your dinner, uh, what do they talk about? Have a colorful plate, yeah. right? Uh, and, and so there's a lot of things that you want to diversify in. And, and it's the same thing, just even with eating, like, yes, protein's good for you, but if you only eat protein forever, yep. for every meal all day long, your body is not going to absolutely respond to that. No, for sure. And it's the same thing with your workout, right? Uh, if I only run and I run marathons, that's fine. But it also show it's also been shown that you need to also add some strength training in. You know, yep. it can't just be, never skip leg day. That's right. That's what they always say. <laughs> that's what they always say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so when we think about your portfolio, it's 
uh, is we have people that come in or clients that come in and say things like, should I be in crypto or should I? Sure. Uh, I mean, if that's something you want to do, if that's something you have an interest in, you now to think of it as it's an investment that I that I can understand the same way that I can understand a stock or a bond. It's not. Um, but if you want to try it, sure, go ahead and try it. But you don't try that with a hundred percent of the savings. portfolio, yeah. right? You try that with a piece and see see how does that work. That uh, is only confirmed by the podcast I'm listening to right now is the trial of Sam. Ah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sam Bankman Freud. Yeah. Which yeah. name sounds like fraud. Yeah. So, I don't know why that wasn't Hello. the first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing that's crazy with that stuff is, uh, you know, whenever you have a, a, an industry where there's a lot of money that's being put into it and it's not highly regulated, you're going to end up in that space, right? Uh, and when you, I mean, and even if you go back to what crypto started as, uh, so crypto really, I mean, it, it, it's hard. I don't know how much uh, history anybody's done on crypto, but you know, at the at the heart of it, it really was meant to be a way for people to have complete anonymity, uh, in in almost like an anti-government uh, type of a thought. Like they didn't want control, they didn't want oversight, they wanted people to have complete anonymity, and and almost like uh, we hear all this stuff about on social media about who's tracking you, what's on your phone, Every Big Brother knows what's going on, and and that was the the thought behind it. Uh, but then that morphed into if I can be anonymous, then I can use it for illegal purposes or <laughs> purposes that I shouldn't. Yeah. Right? Uh, and great book. Uh, if anybody's interested in crypto. Uh, not about investing in it, but how it has actually come full circle. And now if you want everybody to know what you're doing, do it with crypto. Uh, because because of the nature of it, it can be backtracked very easily. Mm. The FBI and things have made, cracked down hugely on, uh, uh, on a number of places. Now, there, there's technology now is being changed where they're trying to make it more anonymous. Um but just as a side note, Tracers in the Dark, great book if you're if you're interested in it. But when you start looking at some of those things, you start to say, okay, new technology, uh, not highly not regulated, money's flowing to it. Of course, there's going to be somebody in there who sounds like fraud that becomes a fraud. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, kind of how we got started on this topic, I guess, kind of maybe leads to our mailbag. Um, we had somebody write in um, since Disney is kind of a in the news a lot lately, kind of a hot topic. Um, they're, they're interested in, we, you know, Disney has kind of recently shifted on how they are running the business, I mm -hmm. guess you could say. Um, and if they are interested in um, investing with Disney, but they don't want to go kind of full swing all, all in, well, how yeah, can they diversify just, or? Well, it's, that's just such a hot topic in general. Um, you know, it's funny because until the mailbag came in, I hadn't been paying much attention to it. Uh, but then as you as you hear it and you start thinking, and I guess, let me, let me back up. So in the mailbag, what they're talking about was Disney kind of making these proclamations that they're going to focus primarily on uh, putting content out that they think has a moral purpose versus what they think is going to make money. And, uh, and really, you know, some of the questions start to come in to, 
is that a company's role? Is it not? Mm-hmm. Uh, how is that company rec- uh, representing shareholders? And morally to who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, like when you're a business. My morals, you know, your morals. Right. What uh, does that mean? That's, yeah. uh, it's so subjective. Yeah, and, and what I think that there's some other firms out there that are trying to do that, uh, especially in the investment space. And and from our perspective, the that's the hardest question, right? Morally to who? Because I know that I look at a lot of things that a company like a Disney does and I'm like, there's a lot there that is not in alignment with what I would think is is my morals. Now, do my kids own every single Disney movie <laughs> yeah. ever had? And, uh, have they watched all of them? Of course they have because it, they're built into those movies are good stories. Mm-hmm. There are good lessons, you know, those types of things. And so the question really comes, uh, how do I choose a company that I want to invest in? If, if I'm looking at it purely from a moral perspective, that's a whole different lens if I'm going to be a moral investor, uh, which, by the way, uh, people may have heard of ESG. Uh, and, and ESG really is all about how do I invest with what I think is a moral what is hat. ESG? Uh, I don't know what ESG is. So it's environmental, social, uh, governance types of looking at things. And so is like, maybe I don't, if I'm an ESG investor, maybe I don't invest in coal mines because that's not environmentally friendly. Okay. Um, or if I am uh, looking to do that kind of investing, maybe I don't invest in a company that has uh, poor labor practices because socially I don't think that that's the right thing to do as an example. And But the question always becomes whose morals and whose viewpoint. And now it's it's a little bit different from a Disney perspective because I can choose whether or not I want to buy stock mm-hmm, in Disney. Right. However, at some point, you have to ask, like the question, some of the questions were, hey, can Iger do that? And doesn't he have a right to or a responsibility to his shareholders and that stuff? And yeah, there, there's to a certain extent. But really who has, has that right is the board of directors. The board of directors is there in order to represent shareholders. And so this, that's where I think these questions start to be asked is what what is the board of directors purpose and how do you make sure that that company is going to be a good company to invest in kind of over the long haul? So um, Iger is the, he's the head honcho, kind of the CEO of, of, of Disney. Of Disney, yep. And he answers to the board of directors. He answers the board of directors. Yeah. Yeah. For those that maybe don't know how some of that business stuff works, uh, you know, the, the person that is out there, the face of the organization, uh, they typically answer to the board of directors. Many times they might have a seat on the board. You might see that they're the president of the board and CEO. And so they, they're very much ingrained in that leadership of the firm, but they ultimately answer to the board of directors. It's kind of uh, the checks and balances. It is. And and the board of directors is there so that they can uh, represent shareholders. So shareholders, they're, you, you hear shareholders, I own stock, equity. What does that mean? It means you own the company, and as the owner of the company, you have you have elected this board of directors to run the company on your behalf and to look after your best interests. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it opens up a whole. So you're saying that Iger, um, his idea might be to run Disney based on morals, not based on making money, but the ultimately the board of directors so have to f- – okay that yeah so that'll be a board of directors uh decision and the board i'm assuming has had those conversations and made those decisions otherwise it wouldn't be out in the ether right now right right? it'd be it'd be uh 
not not being talked about. And so it's, which is really kind of this weird crossroads that we're seeing. And I think that there's some benefit to, I think business has a responsibility to make sure that they're doing right by society. But at the same token, uh, I don't know that it's their job to dictate what happens. But, you know, I'm I'm also a firm believer in capital market system and free market system. Mm -hmm. And so if Disney does this, and people don't like it. It, do, it won't work. It won't work. Yeah. And and people will sell their stock and they'll Disney stock value will go down. And Or maybe Disney looks different. Maybe it doesn't look like it does today. And yep. it evolves and is something completely different if, well, if that's and, where they want to go. And maybe that's good because then maybe I can take my kids to Disney and that costs like my 401k <laughs> balance to, to spend a day there, right? Uh, and so. But it also. Um, it also makes me think of businesses like Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby that are closed mm-hmm. on Sundays. Yep. Yeah. I absolutely. mean, it's not answering to the same, you know, it's not quite the same, but it's, but it is, they're playing to their morals. Absolutely. And rather so th- than money. Yeah. And I think that that's important for people to, to think about. And there's two kind of ways that you get to vote with those things. You get to vote with your checkbook when you choose where you go to buy things and whatever. And so if that aligns with my morals, I might choose to go to Hobby Lobby before I go to a different store that's their competitor because of that. But the other way I get to vote is if I think that's a great idea, I can buy stock in that company. Um, now, it, and, and I think that companies have the ability to do that, but the board of directors still has to look and say, what's in the shareholder's best interest as before we make any of those major changes. So what might be different there is if uh, Hobby Lobby decided that we're only going to sell Christian uh, goods, right? It has to, well, maybe that business decision is different than uh, just saying we, we run our company with a, with that Christian perspective. So uh, it's really interesting how those things are, are kind of playing out right now. And because they're playing out in a lot of different, different places uh, a lot of different spaces um so i guess ultimately what we're saying is diversify yeah. right so yeah so, so we, if we go back to land it yeah, a little yeah. oh you mean that wasn't <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be like tim get on a soapbox and just start talking about stuff uh but i guess that's what happens when you let the producer just pick out of a hat <laughs> yeah. and say hey uh, what topic we're we gonna do yeah. yeah yeah uh and so no i think that when we look at that and you start saying okay so how do i diversify a portfolio my suggestion is you start with how much risk am I willing to take? Then I combine that with what are my goals? So if I know that I want to retire in 30 years and I am a risk score 60 person, then I can start using that to build my financial plan that says, is taking a risk score of 60 going to get me where I need to get? Or do I need to save some more in order to do that? Um, But the key is, you can take some risk, even if you're a conservative investor, you can take some risk, but don't take so much risk that it pushes you outside of that, that comfort and zone. And maybe you can kind of use it as guardrails, that risk score. So like you were saying earlier, if you start thinking about or start hearing about crypto, you get super interested and you're not typically risk adverse or you are risk adverse and that wouldn't typically jive. So maybe you can say, okay, I'm really interested in crypto, but my risk score is only 40. So maybe that means I take a small chunk Absolutely. of crypto. Well, and what <laughs> what uh, can happen with that is, just as an aside, uh, the the tools that we have today, we can show what happens if I bought tw- put $20,000 into crypto. 
what does that do to my risk score? Okay. So that I was at a 40, now I'm at a 62. Oh, wow, that's more than I thought I wanted to be. Maybe I dial it back dial a little bit. Dial it back. Because yeah, what happens is when you think about risk, risk comes in lots of different varieties. And so let's, I'll use us as the example. Um, Prairie View is a business that we run. And we have, uh, Sarah and I have much of our investments, if you will, going back into Prairie View. For me, I don't view that as a big risk because it's a business I own, a mm-hmm. business I operate, a business I know. Uh, it's been a good business to us. And so I don't view that as a lot of risk. But from the outside, we're a tiny company. It would be really easy for us to uh, have something happen, right, uh, versus a Fortune 500 company. So there's some risk there. But we also have a really long history and a really stable track record that takes away some risk. And so, you know, when you start looking at different investments, it's not just how volatile will this be? Will this company go out of business? It it really has multiple angles that we look at it to say how much risk are we taking. And I think it's also um, going back again to that risk score. You know, you can get you can start by saying oh, I'm interested in crypto. And so you have this small chunk, but then you kind of get used to that small chunk. And then maybe you become more and more and more, you know, you're taking on more and more risk because you start getting kind of used to it and you don't realize like, oh, I'm suddenly. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why a lot of covered here. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, for sure, Katie. Yeah. And like a lot of times that's why if we take some of those riskier uh, investments, we actually set rules up that say, okay, once I grow to this point, I'm taking my original principle off the table mm-hmm. and I'll leave just the the earnings invested still yeah. or something to where I don't end up in a place where half of my portfolio is sitting in Tesla stock because uh, I just let it keep investing, investing. Yeah, that's um, going back to this podcast I'm listening to, you know, it featured somebody who had invested in uh, with FTX and started with a small amount. And by the when it all crashed, he had everything in it. Yep. Because he got more and more used to it. And you you kind of drink that Kool-Aid a little bit with when you start going down a rabbit hole and listening to more and more. Yeah. You know, you feed what you're interested Absolutely. in. And then you you kind of lose sight of. Well, and, and what happens is when you start to get a little bit of a win, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, I want more of that. You know, and so you start feeling more and more like it's a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in your mind, the risk level starts to come down because you've seen some wins. Yeah. Uh, and so that that can kind of feed, and, and it's funny because it works the other way too. Uh, it can also work that when you get out and take, like, let's say, you take some money off the table. All of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, look it! It went way up. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. I should have kept more in, or yep. whatever." But no, you've got to be really disciplined in saying, "Let me pair off a piece of this and know how much risk I want to take. Make sure I'm managing my risk score, uh, and that it's in inside of a diversified portfolio." All right. All right. So yeah. So I'd say if you're if you're curious, want to know what your risk score is, hit the website. Uh, we've got a link free. Uh, we'll tell you what your risk score is, and uh, and then if you end up wanting to have further conversation, we can look at a portfolio and match up and say here's how much risk you actually have in a portfolio compared to what your risk score is, uh, which is kind of a shameless plug for our, our website and our <laughs> services. So uh, so as we wrap up though, Katie, what's going on in the Umland House? Oh, what is going on? Um, 
getting ready for Christmas. It's yeah, couple, how is that? We're a couple weeks out from Christmas. I had if point. I could if I could write the mailbag question, I was going to write to you since you have the little kids. Mm-hmm. So, do you think Santa's sleigh is considered to be like green fuel, like, yeah. or or do you think it's like because In I hear our house? I think it's um an electric powered <laughs> well, sleigh because <laughs> I'm thinking even like the like reindeer. You know that you would think that that is an easy uh uh. uh environmentally friendly power mm-hmm. source but then i hear all about how like most of our stuff is from cow farts is, yeah, you know, I say, i'm like so yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> so like i don't even know because <laughs> i was thinking that's a whole different uh problem set now yeah uh last year dylan didn't he was about what was he like nine months old last about last christmas so he didn't have any idea this this christmas everything is ho 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 so <laughs> that's awesome and is he uh can he control himself from touching the tree and uh no no <laughs> he's he's doing very well um getting better every day but he just carried a little reindeer over to me today so <laughs> some sometimes are better than that's better awesome than that. yeah i wish we had those days back sometimes uh because now it's just you know it's with evolving. all the older kids it's a different it's different experience. it's different and now you get to see them in a different way at Christmas, but then soon it's going to be your own grandkids. Yep. So it's, it's ever yeah. evolving. Well, and I, the part that uh, I tell everybody is we're in that stage of life where things get really expensive. Yeah. Like, cause when kids are your kids ages, when you go out to Christmas dinner or whatever, if you're going out to dinner, they eat from the kid's meal and yeah. it's like not very expensive. And now we're in the phase where getting glasses of wine and, 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 oh, by the way, I'm married now (laughs) and I got, and so it's like, kids have doubled and they, (laughs) yeah, I'm like, uh, Hey, sir, maybe we have to refinance the house too, uh, because we're going to Christmas dinner Uh, because that's our routine. Our routine is on Christmas Eve, we go to church and then, uh, after church, go out to dinner as a family. And so, well, not only dinners, but gifts as they get older, they don't want, you know, you mean the nerf gun no yeah (laughs) yeah which which timmy asked me the other day uh if if we thought that uh dylan was too little for his first nerf gun and i said probably (laughs) probably yeah (laughs) so well we hope that everybody has a merry christmas whatever their traditions are right so thank you so much for joining us today on this week's episode of the retirement readiness podcast find us on youtube like our youtube or like our facebook page um subscribe to our youtube channel and we will see you soon be well be well